This is Mission Disco. This is Mission Disco. This is Mission Disco. A conversation about imagination, innovation, and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Mission Disco, uh, where we take the opportunity to think a little bit about mission in Ireland, hear from some people living in Ireland about what mission and creativity and, and church looks like um, across this island. Um, I have Ross is back on um, to help me out to co-host. Good to see you, Ross. Morning, Simon. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, today is a bright, sunny day, which is a nice change from the last few months that we've had. Yeah, definitely getting brighter. The, the clocks change. It makes a difference as well. What have you been up to the last few months? Have you, you been doing anything interesting? Uh, like the height of our week is like what takeout we get on a Friday evening or a Saturday evening <laughs> and uh, the multiple choices that we have and uh, and which park we go to for a walk. So I think we're exhausting all the 5k uh, radius parks around our area. <laughs> yeah, we've we've done lots of walks as well. And yesterday I was doing a little bit of gardening even. I feel I'm, I'm, I'm getting older because I watched the Late Late Show there last Friday as well on a Friday evening. Actually, it was a really good one about the cancer, the Irish Cancer Society. Really great stories and, and powerful testimonies and about how how the cancer, Irish Cancer Society help people. So, um, but I felt old watching the, the late late show and thinking about takeaways. All right. Yeah, Friday night. I'm also trying to teach my youngest daughter how to cycle. So we've gone from two stabilizers to one stabilizer. So that's uh, that's a big progress. And hopefully, Fun. over Easter weekend, we might get down to no stabilizers. So very good. Gearing her up for that. So. That's what's going on here. Uh, yeah, today we wanted to think a little bit about, I suppose it's crazy that the, the pandemic's now been going on. Well, in Ireland, hit Ireland over a year ago now um, and just the ups and downs of, of that time and the, the, the lockdowns and then the opening up again and just how much that kind of impacts us. And I suppose when we think a little bit about church and mission and um, thinking what that looks like, that's gone through change as well. And it gets tiring. I heard someone say there, um, we're tired of surprises, uh, tired of new things. Um, but we wanted to think about a little bit about that today because I think people who um, are involved in mission and creative like that tend to be, or sometimes are activists and people who want to do stuff and get going with things and maybe don't necessarily take the moments to, to pause, slow down. So we wanted to think a little bit about that today. And we have a special guest on. Ross, I'll let you introduce our special guest. Yes, our special guest. We're delighted to have uh, Vivian Morrow-Murta with us today. Um, Vivian is a friend of, of mine. Um, she's also a counsellor, psychotherapist, a trainer, supervisor with um, well over 20 years of experience in that whole area, particularly in the health uh, care area with a vulnerable population. Um, She's also accredited with the Irish Association of Counselors and Psychotherapists um, and has done lots of training around trauma as well. So um, we're delighted to have you with us, Vivian. Thank you for coming on. And uh, just to start off, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself as an intro? I'm, well, I'm who I am. I'm originally from Northern Ireland. I'm married to Brian. Brian is the development officer for the YMCA um, in Ireland, working with vulnerable groups. And he's the international officer working for them as well with YCARE working in about, goes about 20 odd countries. So he's, he's, a, he's a sort of an activist, if you're talking about activists. I have two sons, Joshua and Nathan. Nathan's in England and married to Lindsay. 
Uh, no, Nathan's in England, married to Lindsay, and Josh is in Ireland with a girlfriend called Corina. And they're adults, and I don't see them. I see Josh on the phone. Yeah, and that's been hard, I'm sure, this year, seeing only on screen. Really and, hard, yeah. Yeah. Um, We've discovered um, sort of murder mystery um, online. Right. Sort of do that a little bit. Do you <laughs> so, with the family? And escape rooms and all of these kind of things. So we've been. So you play the games. Play, play the play, games online together. Play the games online. Yeah. yeah very good. Yeah, and it, it brings out competitive all the competitiveness that you never <laughs> was there, even in yourself. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's been great. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to do that at some stage, or maybe not. Um, well, not hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go with guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we just kind of thought we'd start, um, Vivian, just to, um, you know, we've all, it's, it's, it's nearly, it's, it's just over the year, one marker of this pandemic, and it's all affected us in lots of different ways. But just to hear your reflections on the year um, from your perspective and the people that you've been helping and um, your own insight as, as well. Um, if you could speak into that to start yeah, with. I think it's quite incredible, I think, sort of watching the calendar turn over tomorrow to April. Mm. Um, you know, yesterday I was sitting out in the sun and thinking, doesn't this just feel like this time last year um, and that we have not sat anywhere else except in this seat? Yeah. It's sort of a bit like Groundhog Day. So it's been a year plus since our lives changed so drastically. Um, it's been a year for many of unspeakable loss, um, extraordinary strain on healthcare, um, mental health, I think you asked me what, what I think is coming. I think there's a tsunami of trauma coming down the line um, because you, you mentioned um, being a trauma therapist and we, we don't work. You don't work with trauma when you're in trauma. Um, you have to wait till the trauma subsides a bit. And that, that's going to say in the next three years, there's going to be an awful lot of trauma. There already is people um, traumatized, but I think it's, it's really going to come when we started let our guards down and start to relax. It's a year of being apart. Um, and it's been really difficult for many. I'm I'm a economically stable, cisgendered, white, privileged woman who lives in the middle of the countryside, who has been more beguiled than beaten up by the um, pandemic. Um, but for others, live in small apartments, living with violence, living with lots of children, children with issues, no money, like it's a nightmare. Um, so there's no easy answers. There's no ready consolations. Um, and I think as a Christian, there's no cheap theology. We can't, I think I mentioned this to you before, Ross, we can't splice bits of revelation and the plagues of Egypt and things like that into what's happening today. It would be to make light of people's sufferings. Um, you know, I'm only missing my sons. Um, other people have, have grief, unspeakable, loss of job, loss of connection. Um, and I think not to, and I mentioned this before to you as well, not to generalise or genderize, but I think women have got the rough end of the stick in this pandemic, low pay doing most of the children children's work. And I think for women, it's okay, and for men, to say it's okay if you're tired. It's okay if you feel you haven't quite figured out this work, life, school, home thing. 
Um, it's okay if things are not getting easier. Um, and you wonder if things will ever get back to normal in another way. Like many have said, I hope, I hope not. You know, because there's things that have emerged out of this, like resilience and courage and bravery and looking after the earth a bit more. And um, the interesting thing when I think about some of the resources, and I thought this is really, in some way, a nearly impossible situation, I was looking at the things that have gotten me through. And some of them have been very simple things. And when I think of the simple things, they're the things that I would have imagined as I'm getting older, they would have been the things that I would have enjoyed when I was older. And we're sort of expecting 13, 14 year olds to enjoy those same things. Um, that they should have to maybe wait another 50 years to be thinking of living simple, pared down, quieter lifestyles. And that seems really unfair. Um, and then to say it's okay if you're savoring it like me a little bit. Um, it's okay if you like working virtually. Um, it's okay if you never want to go back to the office. Um, that you're thriving from home, don't feel guilty as well. So I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, that's... Um, what the question was. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I think that's a really honest um, reflection. And um, I think sometimes naming the, mm -hmm. the grief that... We, we've gone through so much grief uh, all the stuff that we've lost that you've named there and um yeah i think that's really important to name it and lament it as well, well as i we think just mentioning lament i think you know we read in psalm 121 mostly we read there about lamenting in psalm 30 um and the way of lament and i think for, i was thinking about this yesterday yeah, in bed yesterday morning before I got up, you know, about lamenting, this word, wordless cry of lament. And I sort of feel it's a soma almost for me at the moment, it's a somatic thing. It's like there's something in the core of my being that I can't quite name. And it's somatic. I feel it. And I know it's a lament. It's so wordless, but it's towards God. And it's it's deep, deep, deep grief. Um and I find finding that surprising because I don't have the grief that others have. So I wonder at an unconscious level, are we all absorbing the grieving of this staggering planet in some way? Yeah, yeah. I think that's really um, insightful. I think we're recording this during Holy Week and it is a, a week of of heaviness, isn't it? As we, as no we approach. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the thing that, you know, we, we'll maybe talk about things that we need to look forward to. But um, this, on this no ordinary week, we read that Jesus for the joy that was set before him endured. And um, we know that his, what his joy was to be, but I think we all need little portions of joy, even if it's the Friday night carry out. Um, yes. We need, yeah. you know, and I think it's okay. That again is okay. Cause reading that for the joy that was set before him, he endured. And, you know, I think a lot of people last night when they heard the news about the 12th of April were thinking, maybe we can endure for the parks to be open or whatever it is. Vivian, this Vivian you mentioned the yeah. uh, lament um, mm -hmm. there. And if it feels, uh, it's sometimes when we think about lament, you think about it as a period we go through and then everything's okay. And yeah. then we're back. But it seems like this year and probably for the next year or two years, there's that kind of going between lament and remembering things. And then there is that joy. And even when you talk about Easter there, you know, we're in Holy Week. So we know 
this is uh, a week of struggle for Jesus. He's crucified on Friday, but we know there's hope. And sometimes we move past that lament because we know the end of the story. We know it yes. ends up well. Do you think there will be that coming and going of lament? And I think we'd be living in sort of liminal spaces at times between joy of a vaccine, lament of we can't, oh dear, it's back again, another lockdown. And it's, it'll be this, um, what we, we talked about earlier, this hypo and hyper, you know, at the very beginning of the first lockdown, we were all hyper. You know, if we think of our nervous system, it was in, um, we were in, in sympathetic nervous system mode. You know, we were, I know anyway, I was painting furniture like I'd never painted furniture before. You know, people were writing books and learning languages and... Um, Sourdough bread was coming out the ovens. <laughs> bread and <laughs> nearly growing our own avocados for it. Um, you know, and, you know, people were in other countries singing from balconies and doing what they were doing. And then suddenly we moved for a little while into a little bit of equilibrium. Um. If we were talking about a nervous system, we would say our vagus nerve was toned. And then now I think we've moved into hypo, where we're, I can't do this anymore, a bit like Eeyore. And um, I think we move from that hyper to hypo throughout um, this next while, because we'll be up, we'll be celebrating, we'll be down, we'll be low. Um, but I think it's all so important. So when you say that, not, not, to set us, not to say I don't need to lament anymore, here's hope. Mm -hmm. Because we could, I think, we need the lament needs to be part of the weave of our lives and this as well at times yeah yeah i think speaking into that um that insight of moving from hyper to hypo is is really important because i found myself recently i've described it like you put the foot down on the accelerator and normally you you, you know you move forward at a higher pace and sometimes there's just nothing there yes. and that is unusual for me. And um, I think so much of what we've gone through, it's so important to name it because we don't realize what it's doing to us, yes. this whole process. I think um, it's a really good analogy because if you drive with your foot on the accelerator and on the brake, can you imagine what you do to your engine? That's sort of what's doing to your, to your nervous system. Yeah. yeah, and I know, I know you've, you've You've done a bit of work around the nervous system. Do you want to just speak into that fight, flight guess, reactions yeah. of well, our nervous system? Yes, with the fight, flight, freeze, fix, feign dead um, and cry for attachment. And our nervous, when we are offline, when we are not on our prefrontal cortex, we, we run for safety because we're not feeling safe in this world. And we do either fight or the flight. And I think during the first lockdown, we were fixing, you know, we were, I think DIY places were sold out, flour was sold out, you know, all of those things. Yeah. And then we move into this, into freeze, which is a, a no, an awful lot of energy. Can't do this anymore. And then we move into the vagal dorsal shutdown. I, I'm, I'm into collapse. This is too much for me. And I think I, I mentioned to Lucy, actually one of the things that has really, been a, a moment of awe for me was realizing that the presence we are really relationally re, relation relationships are all resonance we resonate with each other's nervous system and you know when you're doing that it's a sort of a ding dong ding dong and when our nervous systems are not in tune with one another when we're not resonating with each other we've got a, a sort of a you know it's a ooh, horrible and you know what you know what your personal relationships when you're not resonating with each other 
um, you know, and we go into some of this fight flight with each other, you know, I'm, I'm off to, um, you know, wash the car, you know, I'm doing a bit of flight, you know, or um, all, of, all of these things, our nervous systems are not resonating. And then I had this moment, and I think for me, it was a moment of aha. And people have probably been living in this aha moment for decades, and it was just new for me in this pandemic that the presence of Jesus does this resonating work for my nervous system. His nervous system is never offline. Even when he's angry, he's right in, in equanimity and in balance. And just to be, not, you know, I think before my, before my prayer would have been, Lord, calm my nervous system. Whereas now it's, I'm in your presence. My nervous system will be, will be balanced because it's resonating. It's doing this ding dong with you. And that's been, that's been a lovely learning thing for me. Yeah, that's it's it's really good to hear that because I think in in normal life and in inverted commas, there's generally a few things that are consistent and things that we can go back to. And, you know, the bus always goes that way or, you know, this is always on the TV or schools are in or whatever it is. The rhythm of, of the country is, is similar. Yeah. So those things continue. But this time has been a lot more difficult. Uh, Vivian, and I know everyone's very different, but is there particular things you've seen or you think would help people those kind of rhythms of those hearing from yeah. jesus being with jesus engaging with jesus is there some things you can help with that help us think through on that yes um can i just give you a little bit of, of my background sure and um, because i was thinking about this when i was thinking about this um i grew up in a house that was not busy and sometimes i wonder about this whole modeling parenting piece because i didn't I didn't get it. It was modeled for me. And I got very busy in my life. And my father, there was, you worked hard and there was an emphasis put on working and there was an emphasis put on education and, you know, studying well and passing your exams if you could. And, but not more than should have been. But I, I was thinking, I haven't thought about this for years, but I can remember my father very often, but always on a Sunday and sometimes during the week saying to my mother, I'm going down to the room to meditate. And so he took himself off and he just meditated. And it's only now as meditation has become such a big word. And, um, you know, being in the moment is one of these cliched, you know, it's one of the most cliched spaces that we have. But my father was doing that and I saw it modelled. And I think maybe at an unconscious level, it impacted me. And if I was getting very, very busy, um, he would say, he would quote Isaiah 6. And he would say, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his robe filled the temple. And above him were the seraphims, and with two they covered their face, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And he would say, you see, two-thirds contemplation and worship, one-third busyness. And in his life, I saw that, I saw that lived out, a man who never rushed, a man who was paced, but a man who got his work done. Um, and now that is coming, it's, it's been coming back to me for a little while. And what, what the other thing, and I think this is important, um, was the idea of a Sabbath. And I think a Sabbath can be one day a week, one in seven, or it could be 10 minutes in an hour, or it could be, could be just, a, but whatever the rhythm, the rhythm has to be the rhythm of a before and an after. Um, and when I, th when I when you think of 
Um, I don't, I'm not, I've been reading over the years, this woman called Aviva Zornberg, and I'd really sort of recommend her. I don't know if you know her. Um, she's a Hebrew, Hebrew scholar. And she talks a lot about, um, about the Sabbath and the importance of the Sabbath. And just, we don't, we can't have Sabbath in the way that we would like to. And that Sabbath was a conversation with friends, a conversation with family, good food, good atmosphere, um, a combination of the spiritual and the physical, but primarily it was the day God rested. And he didn't rest from everything. He only rested from creating. So no, it's, it's the daily chores that we need to rest from sometimes. Um, resting in the most meaningful way, not, not doing nothing but doing something that's meaningful and um within that i think create these this ritual of the sabbath um creates stability um meaning familiarity it's routine with intention and attention I'll, and i'll talk about some of those in a minute and um it anchors and it stabilizes our nervous system so it was before and it was after and um you know the sabbath started the week the sabbath ended the week and I think the rhythm of the Sabbath is sort of important. And I think, Ross, we were talking about the rhythm of birthing, um, you know, the cadence of birthing. And you don't have to you don't have to be, be a mother and birthed to know that. Um, that the midwife tells you to breathe and then push and then breathe. And so often in our lives, we push without breathing. Um, so that's just something breathing is something I think I've learned. There's a guy called Peter Levine. He's a neuroscientist. He wrote the book Waking the Tiger and many other books. His work is around trauma. And he talks about this a thing called a VU breath. And I I practice a VU breath when I feel a little bit nervous because it's a big, you know, if I were to take a big breath, sort of go. <sighs> that sort of resets the, resets the cards a little bit. But a vu breath is when you take a big, soft breath and just do vu, the vu sound. I'll not do it here. It lasts forever and it resets your nervous system. And, you know, scripture is full, I think, 40, 50 passages about breathing. So breathing is one of the things I've learned. Resting is one of the things from the Sabbath and from my background that um, I've sort of learned a little bit about. I could tell you some more, but that's... I think you know, that's really helpful. And I'm just reflecting that some of the things you've spoken about it's um it's it's our bodies are so connected to our spirituality aren't they as i'm listening to you that you know we've all been told to take a deep breath now and again we tell our children to take a deep breath and walk away or whatever um but we've probably never connected to scripture we've never connected to spirituality our wholeness our nervous system and how all these things are connected um and i just love what you're speaking into there yeah. that yeah and just, because i'm talking about the sabbath can i say a little bit more just a tiny yeah, bit about the sabbath. The sabbath. talking about simon I, I think it was simon you said that you are um you're missional activists and i as i say i live with an activist so i know what an activist is like you know there's always another idea of how you can reach the poor there's always another way to be an advocate there's another there's a there's all of these things and um in, in the, I think it's in Exodus 37, God gives the um, creator, creative work of the tabernacle. You know, his work, doing his work. Um, and I think he knew that the work of God could become a frenzy, because which it sometimes can when we're missional. Mm -hmm. We just want to get it done and we want to get out there. 
and because it could hold such obsessive power for them, he set limits on the building. Um, and before he told them how to build the building, he said, six days shall you labour. And so he put in place rest before he put in place work, even the work of building the, the, um, the tabernacle. And I, I, there's a, an activist um, Simon, I think you're Methodist or Methodist in some sort of connection. You probably know Reverend Gregory Ellison. He's a Methodist, um, but he's he's a, he's the founder of Fearless Dialogues. And he was talking to his granny and he said to his granny, granny, how can I save the world? And his granny said, you know, you can't save the world. You can save the three feet in front of you. And, you know, I just think that's beautiful because it takes the stress out of activism. You know, I know we're not allowed to be three feet beside somebody in a supermarket, but even just in the supermarket queue anywhere, what is three feet in front of me? And um, in that way, he has worked around racism, classism, community violence by starting with three feet in front of me. And when, when the um, violence against women um, thing happened a couple of weeks ago in, in um, in London, after that 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 beautiful girl's death, um, Sarah Herrard, um, my son got my son in England got very exercised about it. He's he gets very politically exercised, and he's he's got this uh, sensitivity to injustice. And um, I was saying to him about this three feet, because he wanted to be out there doing. And um, I said to him, Nathan, what's what's in front of you? You know, he said, what's three feet in front of you? And he said, well, there's a bag of shopping that needs to be put away and there's a vase of flowers that are dead and so we talked about that and realized that if the three feet in front of him if he dealt with that that day he was actually contributing to the health and wellness of the woman he lived with and we thought that's where it starts three feet in front of us yeah and um i just think that's yeah. you know, that's that's important it is very helpful and i, I the things I think you said there about, um, you know, in labor, the pushing, uh, the breathing before pushing and just the intentionality of Sabbath. I think I was probably in a better rhythm before this and used to try and take a day a month and go to a retreat center and take time out. And I got out of the rhythm of doing it. And it, it's for me, it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't go into the calendar straight away. So it has to be something I intentionally do. And that makes a big difference. Um, but that, that I, I think church has church over the past year have we've made the transition we've been able to think about how we do church online you know we've been able to work out how to record things and put things uh, on websites and on youtube etc but i think the one thing that has been a real struggle and the thing we've wrestled through i suppose as practices through the past year is what does mission look like during this time and how do we how do we do that because there's so little we can do we can't have people over to our homes we can't go and do these things there's lots of things we can't do but that idea of the three feet in front of us is really, really helpful. I was just, I was reflecting a little bit. I was out for a walk as everyone is doing these days. Um, and just really thinking about my footsteps and noticing my pace and how fast I was walking and just the intentionality. And it just got me thinking about how intentional Jesus was with his footsteps and who he went to and who he talked to. And even those footsteps he took, as we think about Easter week, carrying the cross, that three feet, that's a really interesting, what's three feet around me now? And how can I interact with that? And how can I do that? And that's a really helpful place as someone, as people who care about mission, which always looks at doing something, 
there's mm. something about that what does that three feet look like now yeah. really helpful you know if if we think about the whole this this, this word of self-care um and um, it, in in the sense of mission um and I, I suppose we think of the self-care self-care now as a wellness industry i don't know if, what it is for men you know um, for women it might be you know, getting your hair done when you could or getting your nails done when you could um but i, I think it's important to realize that the conversation around self-care didn't start there the the very word or concept of self-care came out of the civil rights movement um it came out of um you know um activists who were fighting you know whose whose grandparents had been slaves it came out of the movement of women's rights and these people realizing that um, as, as well as the traumatic impact of racism and the fight for equality their their physical health was been impacted and many of them did not have a right to to health care and realized if i want to be an activist i have to look after myself so it, it wasn't it's not a fluffy thing self-care is a very very extreme thing and i think um when you're talking there simon about feeling your footsteps as you walked and you know when jesus paced himself on the road to mass and you know tomorrow's monday thursday you know um the next day's walking walking to calvary um feeling his footsteps and in the mindfulness movement would tell us to feel our feet as we go and i think that's important um and I think we've been, we, we are the custodians as Christians of mindfulness. Um, and that mindlessness is what we do all the time. You know, where did I put my keys? Um, driving down the road, how did I get here? Um, so the opposite to mindlessness, how we live, is that mindful walking, which is in scripture called meditation or considering. Consider your ways, consider the lilies, consider the heavens. We've been, we've been being mindful before the word mindful was adopted. And, but I think I just love that idea of Jesus feeling his feet as he walked and us doing the same. That's a nice resource. That's lovely. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just reflecting on some of those resourcing things that help sustain us through this time, Vivian. Um, yeah. A lot of them are physical things, the things we do with our body. It's breathing, it's walking, it's noticing our pace. Um, it's rest and um, practicing Sabbath, whether that's a full 24 hours, which would probably be a challenge for most of us. But I'm just conscious that like it's nearly it's very much an intentional thing that we need to decide on. It's like we have to nearly work to get into rest, isn't there? Those verses in Hebrew somewhere make every effort to enter the rest that God has provided yeah. for you and resourced us with. And um, I think Simon mm -hmm. talked. Yeah, we keep it. That's an that's yeah. active, you know. We keep yeah. the sun. And then so, yeah. so it's not a day off, or it's not a, you know, we work six days and crash on the seventh day. It's the other way around, isn't it? Like it's it's we we rest and then we work yeah. from that. Um, I think that's really mm -hmm. helpful just to kind of speak into that a little bit more in terms of what does rest look like yes. for us. Yeah. I think it's some of the micro things. That's important. That are important, and um, I, I shared with you before, Ross, that I have this friend who writes OMG after everything, or when you're talking to her, it's oh my god, you know, she's ex this exclamatory OMG, and I, it's sort of I, I'm, 
I, I'm, it's not an expression that I would use because it doesn't sit with me. Um, and I thought, I have to get something else for this. And so I thought, what could I have? And the O was orienting. I will lift up my eyes to the heavens. You know, this, this upward looking towards God. Um, but then we need the horizontal. And, um, you know, as I look out here now, um, it's just beautiful outside. You know, the daffodils are coming up. I'm looking at a little um, beautiful plant in front of me that, um, you know, Richard Carson, Richard Carson gave me at Christmas. And the light is coming in and it's hitting a piece of furniture. And if I just stop for a moment and take that in for even 30 seconds, the daffodils, the plant, the light, that resets my nervous system. So orienting upwards, um, I look up to the heavens and I look out. And if you even just look around your room now where you are, you will find something beautiful to rest your eyes on. You know, whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, think on these things. You know, it's our, our children smiling, our cat curled up, little things that we miss when we're busy. Um, so breathe and find something beautiful. So that's the O. And the M is movement in Acts um, 17, to move, just to keep moving. You know, some if we can't move, wiggle your toes, you know, flex your hands in and out, but just it's an intentional movement. Um, if you can, if you can walk, walk, if you can run, run, um, even just pulling your, 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 your shoulders back in the chair. If you just pull your shoulders back in the chair and tilt your chin, maybe a millimeter, something resets. We feel slightly different. So even just a little micro movement makes a day. Um, and then, you know, he watches in Psalm 121, we read that he watches our comings and goings. He watches our movement. And I think that's lovely. And um, G is grounded. He will not let our foot slip. Like we felt our feet slipping, but he hasn't let them slip. Um, so rooted and grounded in love. Um, and our feet, I think, um, and this is a guy I read a lot of, Parker Palmer, talked about when he was really depressed. He couldn't feel his body. I was talking to someone yesterday, couldn't feel their body. When, when asking them to tap their hands or to swipe down their hand, they couldn't feel it. They were so dissociated from their body because of their depression. And he talks about when he was so depressed, he was dissociated from his body and his friend came and washed his feet. You know, our feet are so important. They grind us to this earth. And tomorrow is Monday, Thursday, the day when we wash each other feet, washing away shame. You know, our feet are really important. Um, so when we walk, we're grounded, we're rooted, walking, rooted and grounded in love. So it's, it's, it's sort of orienting upwards and living horizontally. And I think the other little one is, is it's it's just, you know, I'm not, I wasn't thinking about it in any spiritual, spiritual way. It's tip. And I think a lot of people know the tip. It's a tip. And the tip, the T is temperature. You know, I sort of, when I say this, I imagine mothers at home trying to teach their kids with their head up against the freezer, you know, trying to cool themselves down. Um, I've just been reading this beautiful book called Wintering. And um, in it, she talks about... Um, you know, winter comes at any time of the year. You know, we've been wintering and wintering is where the real life is, ready to burst forth, it's happening now. So temperature, you know, if you're over, overly stressed, put your hands under cold water. Um, 
put a cold cloth to the back of your neck, have a cold shower. And I've been for a while now, I've been um, cold swimming. And, you know, it's like, it's like elixir in my veins. It's like my blood's sparkling. And I've been doing that. And I'll just, I'll just say within in the swimming, Brian and I swim together and we have a ritual where we walk into the water and we hold each other's hands and I count one, two, three, go. And then we plunge into this elemental Baltic water. And um, all you can think about is I'm freezing. Um, and yesterday he was going off on his own without me because I was busy and he's never, he's never gone in the last year and a half into the water without me. And he said, what will I do without our little ritual? And so rituals, even that ritual is important for our relationships, for ourselves. Um, you know, the ritual of keeping the Sabbath. I know from one Sabbath, there's going to be another one. So in between, I can keep going. The little rituals that keep us going. You know, we always sit down and have a cup of tea at seven o'clock at night. You know, those kind of things. And I is moving, impact moving. If you can, do what Simon was saying, feel your feet. And P is pace breathing. You know, there's a court case going on in America at the moment. And it was because a man couldn't breathe. To breathe is a political and a revolutionary act to claim our breath. Because we have a right not to live under oppression because Jesus was the great liberator. So taking a breath is saying, yeah, you gave me the breath of life. Jesus, you are the liberator. Vivian, the yeah, my goodness. Thank you so much for uh, for all those um, ideas, the OMG and the TIP and so many things that I think the, the three feet thing stands out to me. And the, even thinking about self-care is not being fluffy, but being intentional and important and yeah, my goodness, you just said so much. I think I'll, I'll be kind of pausing and rethinking all these um, different things and reflecting on them. Simon, it's interesting you say that if someone's to say to me, have I one word, Good. it would be pause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the word you said. Yeah, pause. You know, you're saying you would go off for a, a retreat once a month and we've had a year of retreat, you know? We've had a big yeah, pause, yeah, but yeah. I think within the big pause, thank you pauses. so much for, for sharing. Yeah. Okay. yeah, Vivian, that's been very rich and lots of stuff for us to think about. So, um, yeah, really, really appreciate that. And it's a great, great word to finish on how, how in the midst of all of the hyper hypo, the oscillating between doing fatiguing, how do we resource ourselves? to pause and learn to rest is an invitation to us isn't it from jesus afresh and um i think that's a great way to kind of finish up reflecting on resting um and learning to rest it's not something that we easily naturally do don't we yeah so um i think we'll leave it there vivian thank you so much for being with us and uh um mm -hmm. really appreciate that yeah. and let me be here in this space with you it's been so lovely thank you vivian it's been really good thank you you've been listening to mission disco a podcast by praxis movement you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at praxis movement subscribe like or download this podcast on itunes soundcloud or online at praxismovement.ie